It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously, as all three of us are wearing the same exact shirt. Um, and it's been a while since Paul and I have hopped on here for a podcast with a brand. It's been it's been probably over a month, and uh, we have <laughs> we have We've a only brand like today. recorded one show in a month. Exactly. Exactly. Kate we have Sam, a brand. Kate and Sam actually asked, they're like, are you guys quitting BWF? And I was like, no, we're just busy with something. Tell you later. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you later. Sign an NDA uh, and I'll tell you. We have a brand on today. And I, Paul, I'm going to let Paul and Will, I'm going to let you guys explain how the whole Instagram thing started because I don't, I don't remember at all. But I am very happy to have finally a bottle of Timbercraft whiskey sitting in front of me to drink it with Will. Uh, and Paul, I guess, and to talk about the brand. So uh, we have Will Reed from Timbergraph Whiskey here. Will, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. Great to be here. So I guess to start, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, exactly what Timbercraft is and your involvement in that, and then we'll get on to uh, we'll get on to drinking a little bit. Absolutely. Wait a minute. Before we do that, we just have to do one thing. All right, we have to do one thing. For everybody, if you're watching, great. If not, don't worry about it. But we just got to do it. It's going down. Connor's just mad now. You better move. You better dance. Let's make it. All right. I had to just get that off. I just had to get that. I just get it out of my system. You're going to have to join our marketing team, brother. <laughs> That's perfect. I didn't even know that existed until this moment. Are you serious? <laughs> Good hey, night. You, I, dude, live, you have a, I live under a rock, brother. You need I, to get on. You need to get in like the, uh, the TikTok world and stuff. Man, I, so I'm not a social media guy. So y'all know a little bit about my history. I did music <laughs> for many, many years, was a touring musician for well over a decade um, in a bunch of different bands and had my own thing that I did for a long time. Um, but yeah, I, I, the worst, my worst nightmare and the thing I, I liked the least was having to do all the social media and keeping up with it and trying to figure out what content, like no one gives a shit what sandwich I'm eating today. <laughs> you know, like, well, you would right. be surprised. Will you would be surprised. Cause like Paul said, you would be surprised after, at, before we hopped on here, he downloaded a bunch of my my TikToks from Who Gives a Dram to post, which is smart because the more content you have, the better. But it is very difficult to to th- to like come up with something that's going to be engaging, but it's also going to be not terrible. But the times you post something and you think it's terrible or it takes five seconds to to create is when it gets the most engagement because you never know what people are going to grasp onto. 
Like some of our shortest videos have gotten the most views and some of our most produced videos have gotten the least views. And right. the, the videos that you think people are going to hate or that are really stupid, there's an audience out there for that. Um, oh, you're exactly right, man. I mean, that's, that's you mean like this video. This took like five minutes to do. Yeah. That's fantastic. Nice. I, I was always a fan of Kesha when I was. Kesha was big when I was in like middle school. She was hot as fuck, though. Let's just be honest. Yeah, can't argue that. Yeah, I'm surprised for, you for didn't sure. know that. That every single person who's been doing a video that got stuff is doing it to that music. Man, so that's. I mean, I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I, I definitely live under a rock. My my, my time. Running this company, man, like coming up with new concepts, new uh, new stuff. You know, we, we've got some really cool things we'll talk about later on. Um, I literally like I just I've got blinders on, you know, and I and I know there's a big, great, big, wonderful world out there that I'm missing out on all the TikToks. Mm. I called them Ting Tangs for the first fucking year, man. So that's how well ting I'm Ting That is ting just tang. such. That's the most wow. old dude thing I've ever heard. That's what I'm yeah. saying, dude. I'm ancient. Yeah, I'm just you need to take a shot just for saying saying I, that. Just Will, I yes. feel like I'm not I feel like you're not older than Paul though. I am thirty eight. You're oh, a year barely. older than me. Barely. A year older. Oh, that next year hits hard, bud. <laughs> Buddy, I have two kids. I it, it hits hard enough already. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hard enough already. Man. But yeah, no, um, I'm 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 excited, man. Well, we've we've got a lot of really cool stuff happening. As well, I guess we'll just talk about the Timbercraft right now because that's what you guys got sitting in front of you. Do y'all have a glass of it? Are y'all ready to go? About, well, okay, if we're just gonna start drinking first, then okay, we'll do that. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I think- pour it. I'm gonna pour it in this neat little uh, little. Well, I'm Ryan will kill me. I'm just gonna say neat little glass that that one dude Ryan gave me. A Glen it's supposedly going to be. A, it's not a Glen Karen. I don't. Um, it's kind of a. It's pretty much a Glen Karen. Something I don't know. Connor, yeah. you pouring your whiskey or no? Yes. Yeah, but will talk about a bit how Timbercraft came to fruition. Man, so I've been in the whiskey business for about twelve years. Um, I'll just say uh, it's been an incredible ride. Um, I started out in single malt. Uh, started out single malt whiskey. American single malt, but I, I trained under a Scottish distiller from Elgin, Scotland. Um, I, owe, I owe all of my, uh, basically all my, my, my work to, to Andrew Shand, who took me under his wing and really showed me the ropes. Um, I've always been more of a bourbon fan. I've always been big into the whiskeys and bourbons, even when I was a, a little shit kicking kid uh when i was 16 mm-hmm. i was drinking jim beam that kind of got me into the whole oh, world. Huh. I thought you yeah. said whiskey well that's what i'm saying man you know you, you said steps, diesel right? fuel you said diesel fuel wrong <laughs> well i i'm you know i won't talk bad on any brand but yeah I've, I've no, you can't i can <laughs> yeah <laughs> i fucking hate jim beam i've since i don't hit everything power. there but like white label and all that stuff trash uh well Anyway, like I said, that's where I started. So, uh, 
it was it was a good start, you know, it was a good starting point. But yeah, Andrew really took me under his wing and, and kind of showed me the nuts and bolts of, of blending and, and tasting and distillation. I mean, uh, just watching him work and working alongside of him for those couple of years, I was lucky enough to do so uh, was fantastic. I moved all around the southeast. I started out in Virginia, um, spent some time in North Carolina and then ended up in Nashville, Tennessee for many, many years, uh, worked for a bunch of great distilleries, um, in Kentucky as well as, uh, Tennessee and was director of operations for a company for a long time there. And then I met this guy up in, um, in Sturgis and we became really good friends. And as time went on, um, you know, I went down to visit him for in Texas and big spring, Texas, uh, for some events that he had going on with the family and all. And, and I kind of just became part of that family. Um, and I was down visiting and he showed me a warehouse that he had that was 18,000 square feet. And he said he, he had always kind of visualized it being a spirit distillery. Um, and, you know, as time went on, a couple of years went by and then we'd stayed in touch and we ended up linking back up and starting this mm. company together, Big Spring Distillers. Um, everyone always asks, why do you call it Timbercraft? Um, so that's, that's like probably one of the most commonly asked questions. Not in- because of Kesha. <laughs> Not because of Kesha. Cause you didn't even know think- Kesha existed until like five minutes ago, which is I mean, insane. One would think that it was because of Kesha. I, I mean, but what ended up happening was uh, during my music days when I was touring, um, my lead guitar player, he had a family business that they did excavating. And so they'd go out and uh, clear properties and dig footings for houses and drop trees. And we were out on a job site one day and I had a 30 some foot tree dropped on my head <laughs> while I was, uh, while I was running a chainsaw and mm. it did some pretty severe damage, put me in the hospital. Um, and it took me out of touring for a long time. And I, I just had a lot of, you know, it was hard to get around for, for a while and kind of readapt. Uh, I didn't like being in vehicles and closed spaces, all this, all this stuff that goes with like a serious head trauma, you know? Um, anyway, fast forward, when I started kind of easing back into work, I wanted to do short shifts, like just to, so I could start paying some bills, hospital bills things like that. Um, so I started bartending at this really cool Irish pub in Charlottesville, Virginia, where I was born and raised. Um, and by doing that, that's where I met the Scottish distiller and we became good buddies. We used to go mountain biking all the time together. And he asked me to come down and check out the distillery. And I fell in love with the place and, um, you know, just fell in love with the whole process. I did, um, I hate to say mixology. I was a, I was a bartender that was always curious. Uh, so I was always trying new stuff and developing cocktails. And so really uh, initially I was asked to come on to create new cocktails for their, their uh, tasting room. So that was a kind of a neat challenge coming up with a bunch of really unique um, and new cocktails for single malt whiskey, which, you know, and right. I loved it. You know, I, I took to it, you know, I was a, I, I, I just, I just really dove into it and found it to be very um, intriguing for about 15 minutes. 
And then I got bored and started going down the distillery. (laughs) Yeah. I started going down the distillery and kind of spying on Andrew and watching, you know, the process. And then, you know, he took, like I said, he took me under his wing and just kind of showed me the whole thing. And I fell in love, man. I mean, I've been enjoying whiskey this long. I figure it's time to start making it myself. Um, you know, so it, there's, there's a long history there, but, um, but yeah, so now I'm in West Texas and the reason it's called Timbercraft is because of a tree falling on my head brought me into the world of crafting whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So pretty unique. Yeah. Uh, Does it give you like PDS, PTSD whenever you see your bottle or something? <laughs> no, man, it's funny. Like, um, there, there for many, many years, uh, I like, I couldn't, I couldn't even get my hair cut. That's how bad it was. Uh, yeah, the clip believe it. my head. Yeah. Like it would like, it would cause me to go into like this crazy, like panic attack. And, mm. um, mm. it was pretty wild, but you know, I've gotten back to the point where I can run a chainsaw again. So that's, that's, well, that's, that's full circle. Right. Yeah. Well, just, this is, this Why is completely you just call it timber. <laughs> Because he didn't yell, nobody yelled timber. That's why he nobody didn't see yelled, it. Yeah. You dummy. <laughs> well, that's why it's a safety issue. So now everybody has a bottle. Then you know no one's going to get hit with a tree. You know, like, like you know, full circle. I'm, I'm glad. You know, we can be thankful that I had a tree dropped on my head. Otherwise, I'd be <laughs> out there making shitty music still. <laughs> so with this is this is kind of a bit off topic in regards to the whiskey, but you're going through that, that trauma and dealing with the uh, repercussions of that event happening. How did you navigate to where you are now mentally and like emotionally? How did you get over that initial trauma? Like, do you have any, like, did you see a therapist? Did you, do you have some techniques? I've always, I'm always interested how people deal. Cause that's a, that's a very serious injury and everyone mm-hmm. is so unique in how they get back full force a hundred percent from that. So that's a, um, and that's a great question too, man. Um, I probably should have, and probably should still see a therapist. Yeah, uh, but not for, not because something got dropped on your head though. Yeah. It probably should have started before that. No, but, <laughs> but for real, uh, no, I, I did. I went and saw, um, I saw several, several people. I, they weren't necessarily therapists and, um, uh, you know, the your doctor- weed guy doesn't count. <laughs> I guess that's true too. But they kind of <laughs> count. <laughs> it was medicine, right? No, um, no, it, it took me a long time. I still work through some stuff, man. Uh, I will say this, um, you know, up until about a year ago, I was having some like pretty serious like uh, anxiety and, and just random panic attacks that I couldn't really explain uh, from the head injury. But no, I mean, I worked, I, I worked through it. It, it was one of those things that like I couldn't get in an Uber. I couldn't sit in the back seat of an Uber um, going on my way to a show or to the bars. But on the way mm-hmm. back, I was fine after I'd had plenty to drink. You know, it was like, yeah, I don't I don't care. Whatever. I'll ride on yeah. top of the Uber. I don't I don't care. Um, but on the way there, you know, of sound sober mind. Um, I would feel like this panicked out of control feeling, you know, and, and sitting in a barber chair, like with a, with the cape on and clippers behind my head, like it would just kind of triggered something. It was really weird, but, um, no, I mean, I, I, I let it beat me for a couple years, I'd say where, um, you know, where it really like kind of, 
it stopped. It, it kept me from going and doing a lot of things um, for for a, for a long while. Um, and then I just realized that that's not who I was, and that you know I, I didn't. Want, I, I literally had to focus and like meditate on the fact of like, man, Will, you used to be this outgoing guy that would go out to rock shows and uh, whiskey events and all kinds of stuff and be shoulder to shoulder with people, you know, like all the time. Now, if I get in a crowded restaurant, I start freaking out, you know? So, um, I really had to just like, when I get in those moments, um, instead of self-medicating, um, you know, really focus on like what it was before the accident, you know, and I had to really like kind of think on that. And, I, I I saw this really interesting podcast. I think it was uh, I think it was Rogan uh, was talking to Dale Earnhardt Jr. and he was talking about well his was a car accident obviously NASCAR, um, but he was talking about almost the same spot where he got hit in the head and the same kind of stuff that he was that was happening to him like with the anxiety and the panic and like the um, just random stuff that would happen like to him. That was the aftermath of this hit injury. And he was, uh, he went to this specialist and this is something that I, I would still like to venture into, but he said he went to this guy and he would like stare at this, you know, certain spots and he would like, it, it was like eye workouts, literally like lifting weights with your hmm. eyeballs. And he would like have this rhythm that he would go to and look at certain spots. And then like, it kind of helped reset factory reset his brain to where, you know, I don't know. It's, it's crazy stuff, but um, I don't know. Everybody kind of deals with trauma differently, but I mean, it was, it was one of those things where um, it was, it, I mean, John, our mobile marketing guy, he's been a long time friend of mine. Uh, he's a phenomenal golfer. He, he was a PGA certified uh, golf pro there for a long time. And we were out on a course one day. I'm horrible by the way, just uh, throwing that out there, but, uh, we were Same. out on a course one day and uh, a branch broke out of a tree and you could hear it. You know, I think we were out in uh, Georgia. It was during the FedEx Cup and we stayed, mm-hmm. you know, at this hotel with a golf course on it. And um, yeah, we were out. I forget what hole it was. And you could just hear this branch falling down. And it literally sent me into like full on PTSD. And I just took off on a, had a full sprint. You know, I mean, to me, it's funny now, but uh, I was just like full sprint running across the golf, the golf course. And John's like, dude, <laughs> it's it was just a branch. You can come back now and get in the car, you know, but like stuff like that. Um, That's not how you play golf, Forrest. No, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very lucky to be here, as the doctor said, for sure, you know, and I'm happy to be here and. Um, it definitely had to go through a lot of resets and a lot of, uh, getting through a lot. It's, I mean, this, this accident occurred over a decade ago. So, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still working out the kinks, but it's slowly, but surely, right. Well, it's good to hear that you're, uh, you're doing all right now. And that's, um, I'll have to check out that Rogan episode and listen to the part where he's talking about the eye exercises because, like focusing on one thing and having that be all you're focused on. That's what fighters do a lot. And like, mm-hmm. you know, honing in on one aspect of like the cage or the ring or their gloves or something. And I, I know I've heard a lot of fighters say that. Um, I wonder if there's any correlation there with the head trauma as well. Um, yeah. But let's talk a little bit about the actual juice that we're going to be 
sipping on here. And then, uh, Paul, talk about like the whatever happened with the uh, whatever Instagram thing happened. Wasn't everyone added into a big group chat and no one knew what was happening? Speak no on one knew who bit. the fuck Timbercraft was at all. <laughs> and randomly, there's like a big ass group chat, which was maybe not the smartest idea, but maybe it was TBD still. I mean, um, here we are today, right? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> might have want to pick a few people in the chat a little bit better, but that we just <laughs> want to talk about that. Uh, that was so through everybody in, in a group chat. I don't th- know what I was doing at, at some point. I was just like, you know, why the fuck is my phone just going bananas? Uh, picked it up and it was, uh, and it was this chat called Timbercraft. It was just one message and didn't even read anything. It was just like there. It was just in there. And everybody was like asking questions like, do you want something? Didn't even read the message. So he wasn't even like looking at the messages. So I would have just said, oh, it's genius. We just sat it in there and just sat and watched the shit happen. But then just disappeared. Um, You got some assholes that were in there. You got in that left. And then, you know, it was it, it was kind of entertaining. People started sharing memes and gifs and all this other stuff and uh, or gifs, whatever you want to call them. And. And eventually, I think it ended up with us giving Bourbon with Friends shirts to everyone in the group, which was funny because you guys want an answer. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'll give you guys shirts if you want them. So I gave everybody Bourbon with Friends shirts that was in the chat. Nice. Um, and then I think I got a sample and like maybe one other person got it. We went live. No, I got a sample somewhere. I have oh, a sample as well. You're part of you're part of me. Don't ever say that again, dude. Ever. <laughs> ever. Inside of you. <laughs> I like this. Is a- <laughs> and and then Will jumped on live. And it was funny because I think that was one of the times that the comments were just going batshit crazy because everybody was just like, what in the fuck is this? And what is going on? Uh, the chat is still around to this day. Is it? It's still around. It's still there. It's actually, uh, there's chat, and it's real funny. Like, I, cause I don't usually start anything. And I, I think it's funny because some people will jump in the chat and will post like something they got from you guys. And I just like don't say anything most of the time. Or like once in a blue moon, I think I said, Oh yeah, I got that like, like six months ago. <laughs> cause I did. And it's just really funny to see, you know, and, and I think it now it's kind of like a, um, uh, like Bigfoot and Sasquatch. Now you just have to kind of go back into it and get a fix and get back out of there. It's been way more active recently in the last, I'd say, month than it was for the like the last six. But it's a pretty funny, uh, pretty funny situation. And Connor got drug into it, and then there's a million messages. I remember Connor came in and said, "What the hell did I just get drug into?" That was the first. Message no, I was. I got group. in there. I was in there from the beginning, bro. I was in there from the beginning. No, you weren't. I yeah, it was. You. You, you you added me from the beginning because we were. I think we had just got done doing a podcast, and that's when this whole group chat thing happened. Well, you're well, younger, you and I so were you might talking. remember. I'm my brain is old. I know. I'm telling you that's what happened. <laughs> why you're a part of me? Because you complete me. You complete my thoughts. Not my good ideas, though. Those are all mine. <laughs> mm. Mm. So yeah, so then that right. started. <laughs> so then the the chat started. I actually got a message from Brian. Um, 
And he was like, dude, dude, you got to hop on Instagram live right now. And I'm like, what the fuck is Instagram live? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I remember you're just like, yeah, I think you had your camera turned the wrong way. It's like, yeah, you got to top the screen, hit the circle button. So you Hold go. on. Was this, was this when that welder chick was in it as yeah. well? Yeah. Yeah. Ray. Yeah. Ray yeah. Was when Ray was on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, yep. There was the four of us then. Was it the four yeah. of us? Yeah. Yeah, oh, she's shit. been going for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, man. I, I remember uh, that now. Ray's doing huge things now, man. She's she's with Harley Davidson. She's doing custom uh their their custom 120th uh anniversary bike for them. Mm. That's coming up in July. Uh but she's doing awesome, man. She's she's great. She's she's from Br- uh, Big Spring as well. Mm. West Texas go. And that's where you guys are located, Big Spring. Um, where is Big Spring in Texas? So if you know where Abilene is and you know where Midland, Odessa is. Look Big on a Spring fucking is, map, Connor. Boom. Big Spring is right in the middle of right, – if you're on the – if you're drive from Dallas and you're just due west, if you're heading okay. from Dallas, um, you're going to hit Abilene and then you're going to hit Big Spring and then you're going to hit Midland, Odessa. And then you'll okay. eventually hit El Paso. All right. Well, yeah. um, there's, I there's wanna, my yeah, I've I've always I've never been to Texas. I've always wanted to go to uh to Texas. Well, come on uh, down. Not Dallas buddy. though. I have no interest in going to Dallas. I'd want to go to Austin if anywhere. What's wrong Dude, with you? Dallas is fucking amazing. Fort Worth mm. is amazing. Fort Worth is a blast, great bars. I, I like Dallas too, uh, but Fort Worth is Fort Worth is like my most. Well, I'm a New York Giants go. fan, so I don't want to go there. Well, I mean, I'm not. Definitely we're not, not a uh, Cowboys fans. So. I'm not a Cowboys fan either. But Dallas, the Dallas area is super fun. Dallas is fun, uh, and I was moved there. I'm old though. I'm old now, so Fort Worth is more like. Well, I guess it's still a young crowd down there, but I, I feel like I can hang better in Fort Worth. Hmm. You can wear boots <laughs> there. <laughs> Connor doesn't like, own boots. I boots, definitely Connor. own multiple pairs of boots. What uh, boots. can you not? Yes, I do. What Lush. you can't wear boots in Dallas? Why not? Ah, uh, no, it's just more city, man. You know, it's a little bit more hippie. No, no, that's Austin. Uh, Austin would be your jam if you like the hippie scene. Um, Austin's really cool too, man. I mean, Dallas is—it's crazy because it's like its own country. I mean, it really is. Not uh, Dallas itself, right? Like Dallas itself, yes. But I'm talking more about like the suburbs of Dallas, not like the city. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. No, Dallas is cool, man. But it, it's definitely like, you know, Fort Worth it's that big. you get. Yeah, it's it's big. It's yeah, it's huge. Um, and coming from Nashville, that's, that's saying something too. Hey, Nashville, hey. Nashville doesn't feel big. Nashville just feels congested. That that well put, yes, I would agree one hundred percent on that. It's not. It's it feels way bigger than it should because of how congested it is. You're exactly you nailed it. And the hotel scene in Nashville is dog shit. Yeah, I haven't stayed in one in a while, but (laughs) talk about this whiskey. Yeah, talk about the whiskey. Talk about the juice. Like, where's it? Where where's it coming from? What's what's in it? What's what's behind it? Uh, I went around and and tasted as many barrels as I could, uh, having come from a blending background. Um, 
that's what I do best. That's what I love to do. I love the distillation process. We are doing that. Um, but we're also, we like to jump in head first instead of waiting six years to find out if it's dog shit. Um, so we'd rather just know going into it, what we put in the bottle is premium product. So mm. I found two different distilleries that I pulled from, um, and I found a, a really great well-aged bourbon and a, a really great well-aged, uh, weeded whiskey, um, that was 95% wheat. And then, um, the blend that I did, I got the corn to 52%, the wheat to just over 30%. And then there's rye and barley. Um, so it's a technically four a grain. four grain mash yeah. bill and, uh, but heavily weeded. So I'll just go ahead and say it, you know, um, the two, the two whiskeys I was drinking the most at the time were E.H. Taylor, small batch and, um, Weller 12. And, um, I'd gotten a hold of a Weller foolproof. Bougie bitch. Uh, man. Well, man, you know, being, being in Great the industry. Bottle, so. <laughs> oh man. Like I, Great I love weeded bourbons. I just, I love them. I love them. Same. Um, yeah. Same for makers. Yeah. And, and I got, and, and honestly, like there was a, I think my, my, uh, my statement, you know, um, was I'm tired of waiting around and trying to find these bottles. I just want, I want to be able to walk into a store and grab that EH Taylor small batch without trying to ask special permission to go in the back into the chained closet, you know, and grab a bottle for whatever, you know, like, and luckily like people are really cool. Stores are really great about that too. Like, a lot of the stores that we work with, you know, they don't price gouge, man. They don't do that mm. whole market up 6,000%. Like I, the last bottle of E.H. Taylor I bought, which was a couple weeks ago, I bought for $47 and I'm happy right. to pay $47 for that bottle all day long. Um, the last time I bought uh, Weller 12, I paid $37, which really blew my mind. I mean, That's I was below MSRP. Dude, MSRP is forty nine ninety nine. Dude, it was crazy. Got man. It. I mean, uh, the- bro, did, Paul, did you see my story the other day? I I picked up an Eagle Rare single barrel for thirty nine yeah, ninety nine. Could not. Yeah. No, was it thirty five? It was either thirty five ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine. Could not believe it. That's all. Awesome. A single I- barrel. Yeah, Isn't yeah. That Eagle Rare ten year. Eagle Rare is. No, Eagle Rare is a single barrel. Ten year. It's a ten year. Single barrel. Is Eagle Rare a single barrel? Well, this yes. was a single barrel select. That's what I meant. This was a barrel pick. Oh, you mean a barrel pick. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Barrel pick. Yes, that is really cheap for a barrel is pick. Eagle yeah. Rare, is Eagle Rare a single barrel? Really? Am I that much of a big, dumb idiot? I, I just thought it was Eagle Rare 10 years. ranges. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I remember when you used to be able to get that for 34 bucks all day long, every day, everywhere. Oh, yeah. And that was my go-to. Uh, so Brian and I grew up together. So who y'all been in, who sent you guys, all of us, these shirts. It Thanks, used Brian. to be, by the way, it used to be a single barrel. It's not anymore. Oh, uh, so yeah. Oh, I guess we, we didn't go full circle on that whole thing about the, uh, the Instagram live. So that's where these shirts come from y'all. The Timbergate, um, after we did that, that whole oh, live. Really? Oh my this God. This is how long ago the Timbergate, uh, started. I was still running 
<laughs> I was still exercising and running. Uh, so that's how long ago that was. But Oh, I'm just I'm, realizing right now it says, if you know, you know on the shirt. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> we, in fact, do know. Yeah, y'all know. And now they know. Y'all know. So you guys should put the eagle on your actual logo. This actual this logo with the eagle in it and the and the axes and the barrel. Like the bottle has all that but the eagle. But if you had the big eagle right there in the background, that'd be sick as fuck. Uh, Brian, man. That'd be, that'd that'd be Brian all no day. Right straight there. fire. Yeah. Brian, you're fired. Bad. Connor is now hired. <laughs> yeah. Well sick, we- man. We're gonna bring both of you guys in. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be there to play the Kesha song every time we walk into a bar. It's gonna work. We're gonna have Paul's job and I'll and I'll handle the marketing. Fine. Paul will be I'm the gonna DJ. Be a, I'm gonna be a very expensive DJ. I like it. Paulie DJ. Easy. I'm not a Guido. <laughs> uh so yeah. Um so yeah, heavily weeded, man. Um ninety eight proof. It just seemed to be the sweet spot. Um, I just went and did another run of it this past month. So I will send you guys the new bottles ASAP. They're phenomenal. I mean, yeah. How much, uh, like how much of, so you guys do this in batches. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is this the bottle that we have? Is this batch number one? Batch one. Yeah. And how many bottles were in part of batch one? We do um, how many barrels? Uh, That's an well, easier. We do about fifty barrels each batch. Um, so on this one, we did so about ten thousand bottles. It, it's it's quite a few. So about uh, sixteen hundred cases. Um, just actually north of that. Um. Actually, well, depending on the you're, yield, yeah, you're getting yeah. about two hundred, about two hundred bottles yeah. per barrel. Just you could take. get, yeah, you could get get okay. two twenty five. So I just went to two hundred and just kind of right. played it safe. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's been great. Um, let's see, I can tell you right now. We yeah, we got twelve thousand nine hundred and sixty bottles out of it. Awesome so, batch one. So you guys twenty one hundred and sixty cases. There you go. And where are you guys That's distributing it as of right now? Right there, dude. You just <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Rain man with the calculator. <laughs> doing, yeah, well, you know, I'm doing I'm getting really good at doing cases math. I'll just put it that way. There you go. What uh how many states are y'all distributed in right now? So right now we're Texas, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Florida, and we're about to launch uh Las Vegas, Nevada, uh next month. Awesome. So we're awesome. really stoked about that. Um, we're also working on Minnesota, Wisconsin, and South Dakota. Um, these are all states we want to be in, too, for all of our good friends that are and up. Rhode Island. Rhode Island we need to be in for sure. Sure um, do. We're, we're, we're expanding about four, I, four to five states a year is our plan. That's, that, that's smart. I got haven't slow heard. Steady wins the race. Yeah. That's right, I haven't man. heard I mean, of a very important state for this. Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, yeah. No, Has your not- whiskey actually come full circle until you have a bourbon that's in Kentucky? I feel like there should be like a rule. Until that's- you get it in Kentucky, the home <laughs> of bourbon, it's not really real yet. 
Man, it's it's so funny too because that you still have those people at tastings that are like, "Well, this isn't bourbon, this isn't made in Kentucky." Like, mm. okay, just, I, I'm just it on just it, nodding. Uh, okay, yep. That's that's all you can do now. Like, I and you know, <laughs> it's it's sweet. I get it. Like, I love I love Kentucky, man. I really do. And and being when I was in Lebanon, I was 30, 40 minutes from Kentucky. So I used to go over there quite a bit. I used to hit the bourbon trail a lot. Um, and I, I love it, man. I mean, Kentucky's just, it really is like you, when you're on the bourbon trail and, and you're just in cruising the back roads of Kentucky, you really do. You get a sense of where it's, where it really started and being in the Appalachian mountains, man. I mean, I'm from the Blue Ridge mountains of Virginia. So like, you know, moonshine and all that, that's in my blood, man. I, I love that stuff. But, mm. um, no, we definitely plan on being in Kentucky for a multitude of reasons, but um, right, love and Rhode Island. I love, awesome. I love the Southeast. I love. No one likes Rhode Island. Uh, I honestly, I'm trying to remember the last time I was in Rhode Island. <laughs> Same, never. Connor, are you drinking the whiskey or not? I have you not ta- seen me take multiple sips of this. I haven't seen him drink anything. Have you seen him drink anything? Well, uh, my eyes are closed. Yeah, see, look at that. Let's, there's, been, let, let, there's been three or four. Hear your, let's hear your feedback on the whiskey. I want to hear your because I've had it. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I was so going into this, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, I wasn't sure. Uh, I knew it was a, f- it, it was around a five year, and it's confirmed it's a five year. Um, I did not know it was high wheat mash bill. Um, I did not know that. I didn't also, I didn't realize there was any wheat in the mash bill. I did not realize it was a four grain. Um, I will say that someone didn't look up the website. Nope. Did not. Sure. Didn't. Um, I would say that I am, I feel like I've, I've been saying this a lot lately, but I truly mean this right now. I am very impressed Thank with you, this bottle, this, this, t- so at first I, I sniffed it very fruity, a bit of like a car- caramel and vanilla, but it just smelled, it, it didn't, sm- it smelled like younger, almost, almost like not, not as mature as it should be. And then I tasted it, same thing. But then after letting it sit for a minute and going back to it, I the wheat sharpness that I always get, it's almost like a spice, a, a, a sweet spice that I always get from weeded bourbons that I enjoy because Maker's just has a bad spice. It just tastes like like motor oil and not good. And there's a delicacy here that, that is just... I got to take another sip. Hold on a second. <laughs> so for those of you on YouTube, you can see that I just shared. It's 98 proof, uh, five-year-old or five-year bourbon mashed corn, wheat, rye. And I guess it has malted barley too. So that means technically it's four grain. Bro, you got to put right. four grain on the bottle. People just buy it just because it says four grain. It could be four grain slop and people would jump all over it. Yeah. Um, and it was aged in American white oak barrels. So, <clears throat> I, so Connor, what you're thinking real quick. I when I first had it, so whenever I hear something Texas, I can be very skeptical. 
obviously it's sourced. It, you, it, it doesn't have the same. I think Texas whiskey has a weird color to it. Um, there's actually one staring at me right now, and I won't show it because I don't know what's on the back of the label. I've not had it, so I don't know if it's good or bad. Um, I've had good Texas whiskey. I've had not good Texas whiskey. Um, and I think when... I don't think it smells young. I think it smells right where it's at. I do think that having all the wheat in it is one thing I was curious about because obviously it says corn, wheat, rye. And I was, you know, okay, how much wheat's actually in this? But it definitely, you definitely get that, that smoothness, I think, to the whiskey that you get in a weeded. And I definitely think there's a very heavy dose of like vanilla and caramel on the nose. It's a very easy drinker. I think at least Connor, you, you tell me, uh, let me at 98 proof. It doesn't drink like 98. No, I, I, I wouldn't, I would not guess this is damn near a hundred proof. The way, the best way I can, the way I picture it in my head is like a lot of like rye whiskeys. It's almost like with their, with their palate, they come to a point. It's rye spice. There's, it's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot going on there. Weeded. It's not really a point. It's like a, it's like a turn. It's like a, it's like a it's rounded. It's like a rounded rounded edge. Yeah, and then and then a lot of bourbons don't even go there. That's what I mean here. It's like it 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 everything blends together very nicely, but you can there is still that I get the more I drink this, uh, a lot of like baking spice, um, as well as like a floral note, especially on the palate, more so on the palate than on the nose, and. I, I enjoy it. I really do. I, I I think I was expecting not to enjoy it as much, if at all. You know, <laughs> to be completely honest, I wasn't sure well, what we, I was expecting. We we get that a lot, man, and I get it because there's there's so many companies out there right now. There's, I mean, and there's a lot of really great ones too. Like trying to keep up in this industry right now is damn near impossible. And I mean, God, talk about like when the COVID cri- crisis hit and all that, like just. I mean, it was it was everything you could do to get anything you needed: glass, corks, labels, all of the cardboard. There was a cardboard uh, shortage. Um, mm. You know, it, it, everything. It, it was just. But when you take all that out of it, and you get down to just the juice, when you get down to what what do you get out of the actual profile? What do you what do you get when you sip this brown liquor? You know, like. Mm. That um, and I'm I'm a huge skeptic. Every time I go to a whiskey festival, I mean, and we've been in a bunch of them this past year. And I think one of the things that has has really helped our company grow are just going into these whiskey festivals and being just just another face in the crowd of a thousand companies, or you know, realistically, a couple hundred uh, spirit companies at these big. You know, we did one in uh, Austin a few months ago, and then one in Houston. Um, we we try to all the big whiskey riot tours, you know, just we try to be there just so that the people can actually taste it. And, you know, I mean, if I go into a store, that's the biggest thing we are. Our company is based on liquor to lips. Um, you know, distributors always say to us, they're like, man, we can say what we want to about whoever, whatever budgets, you know, marketing, you know, forecasts, all that. But, when it comes down to it, no, no other supplier works harder than you guys as far as going out and putting the liquor in people's mouths to actually try it and experience it. And y'all tell the story. We don't hire third party companies to go out there and just sit there and go, yeah, 
like the people at Sam's Club handing out the little meatballs, you know, like we want to tell you the Ooh, story. I, love, I want some you meatballs know? right now. I do want some meatballs. That does sound delicious right now. But uh, we want people to learn the product and and know the story and um, and hear about it. Like so, one of the things we have to do this week is change the website because uh, we could only put five year on it, even though it was almost a six year when we bottled it. But because it wasn't at six years, we couldn't put that on on the bottle or on the uh, website. Um, now I wanted to let it go a couple more months, and we did. And now it's officially a six year on this batch two. Giggity and, giggity. And you can absolutely taste what it. What the fuck was that? Um, it was probably one of my notifications coming through my laptop. I apologize. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. It was good timing because you're like, now it's a six-year ding. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back on when you when when the uh when we get the next one and kind of compare and contrast and uh see what differences we can spot from it being an, a year older. And we've got a we've got a really special surprise coming in this fall. Um, I will just go ahead and say it rings to the number of 108 and it is fun and it is very uniquely aged. I'll say that as well. Awesome. I'm excited for that. Tell everyone where they can find you and if they can buy you online and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So we were going through an online, uh, we we just are changing distributorship down in Florida. Um, but universal is the online store that you can get us. Go check us out, uh, bigspringdistillers.com, timbercraftwhiskey.com. We actually just came out with a vodka that I know this is a bourbon page, um, and I'm not even a vodka guy. Now I am. This stuff is incredible. It's six times distilled. It's 32 times charcoal filtered through coconut husks. So if your wife, girlfriend, you enjoy vodka every once in a while, you know, for a cocktail if you're not doing the uh you know the whiskey that night um it's freaking awesome and it's no hangover it's just it's 99.9 percent of the impurities pulled out it the process is very extensive and it's beautiful um i had some help with my good friends at the point um show us that whole process and we perfected vodka i'm 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 positive of it if you can do that um and so it's called Vet Vodka. So that's Vet Vodka. I'd have to send us a sample of that. It's happening. I won't buy. I won't buy vodka out of out of uh, just pure disdain for it. But if you send it to me, I'll try it. I'll, Here's I'll, what we I'll, do: the next podcast will do the six year, and then I will blind taste the vodka, and we'll see what happens if I die or not. You won't die. I we'll see what happens. It. Well, I can't guarantee that. <laughs> No, I, hey, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I'm happy to do this anytime I can, man. You guys are a blast and uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And remember, Bourbon with Friends can change the world. That's it for this episode of Bourbon with Friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can also check us out on Instagram at BWF Podcast. Thanks for listening.